The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. I wanted to talk about selfless development. Because the problem that I have with self-development is that it is basically contrary contradiction to um, well maybe contradiction not so much but it's very misguiding there's a lot of people that can really get stuck in self-development and see all their issues as stuff they have to fix and have to work on and the thing is that like I always in many situations I just say like man it's a lack of perspective basically if you look at the self from a very you know narrow-minded perspective of course all these problems become very big drop yourself in a situation where you are completely taken out of your comfort zone whether it's a war zone or whatever then suddenly all these problems that you think you have to work on through self-development just are irrelevant and that's the thing what i don't like about self-development and i've never really liked about self-development is that work on the self is already a flawed concept to begin with and it's very misdirectional so we came up with the idea of calling it selfless development. I like a lot more selfless development than self-development because selfless development is more in line with what you are. The true self is selfless in nature. And what I mean with that is when you realize what you are on a fundamental neurological level, you realize that your environment is part of what you are. And the reason why you see a chair or the reason why you see another person is because it's taking place within your consciousness. It's literally manifesting itself within your neural circuits. Without that, like if I wouldn't see this chair, like if it wouldn't be part of my experience, even if it would be there, it wouldn't be part of my reality. If I walk over it and I stumble over it and I fall on the ground, then I would think like, hmm, there's something invisible. What happened? I start backwards rationalizing what happened and such. But the thing is, it's only when you interact with it that it becomes a part of your awareness. Well, not always awareness, but like part of your consciousness. But just interacting itself means taking place within your consciousness. And that goes both ways, whether it's real or not real. And even the question of what is real and not real, I don't want to go too much philosophical, but like whether it's real or not real, when it takes place in your consciousness, it's part of what you are. If you suddenly see a dragon or a pink elephant or whatever, then that pink elephant is part of your experience, it's part of what you are. If you don't see a wall and it's there, then that wall is not part of your experience. And that's the thing. When you realize that everything that expresses itself within your experience is part of you know what you are, the concept of self becomes much more wider. And that's the problem. And the thing is, like, I've also explained this to Katarina yesterday, and I'm re-explaining it. Like, let's say you believe in Jesus, the love of Jesus, and the love of God, because you really like the Bible, for example. I'm just giving you this example. And then someone comes to you and debukes the Bible using facts, going like, hey, this is just a book, this and that. People that are very, very religious, they are unable to see that. And a lot of, you know, people that are very scientific and a lot of atheist or agnostic people really look at that and go like, you know what, you got Jesus and God, it's all fine, but I know that it's very unlikely to be the case. Therefore, I don't choose to believe in that because it's probably flawed. Like it's a flawed concept. It's not in line with reality. Same when if you go to a psychic clinic and you see a guy wearing a Superman suit going like, whoa, I'm Superman. You just think the guy is crazy. Because you go like, the idea that he has about being Superman is not in line with reality, the guy is nuts. 
But what do we have now? We have a society that is completely based on dysfunctional beliefs and based on the sense of identity and individualism, which is not in line with what we are. Basically, when you just look at the definition of psychosis, everybody that has problems with identity is actually experiencing psychosis in one way or the other. You believe in a narrative that is not what you are. You believe in a certain concept of, oh, this is what I am. You identify with a self that is not existing. It's just like the guy believing in Superman or the guy believing in Jesus or, or whatever. You look at that as a scientific person. And you go like, this is wrong. This is derailed. This is dysfunctional. This is unlikely to be the case. I do not want to identify with it. But identification itself is a flawed concept. So when you go around and you really go like, hmm, what is it? If you think you're scientific or intellectual or whatever... Believing in that idea of a self is dysfunctional. And just as much as someone that is believing in his Superman in a psychic clinic or a religious fanatic that believes in Jesus, you cannot talk with them because they cannot comprehend it. Just as much they are in denial, you are in denial. You are in denial of an idea of identity that is not reality. You are more than what you identify with. You are everything around you. And that's what the true self, the true self is inherently selfless. And I keep saying that. I keep mentioning it. And I wonder if people realize it because for a lot of people it doesn't even process. They just go like, hmm, okay. Like you are not the idea, the construct of oh, this idea of individual. No, everything you experience is part of what you are. And the idea of self is only interesting from a practical point of view where I call myself Bashir and it helps me in my interactions, in my environment and such and place myself in an environment and, and on a practical level but on an emotional level I do not identify with this Bashir in any shape or form. I don't care about my name, I don't care about my story, I don't care about my personality, I am just what I am, an expression and everything around me is part of that. So if I want to do selfless development or self-development, the way I do self-development is on a selfless level. Because myself is selfless. And that means, you know, elevating everybody else's experience and potential and growth. That's how I do selfless development. And if people would see the world more through their real eyes rather than through this lens of warped identity or whatever, you start really seeing that all these issues and problems that you experience are all through a narrow lens of selfishness. Everything you do that is selfish is, in a sense, flawed. It is flawed. And you might say like, yeah, but what about eating? If you eat, then you know, that is something. No, it's not because you eat that you're selfish. And the thing is like, it's because you're looking at it from the flawed lens of identity and you label it as such. But you just are what you are. Is a tree selfish? Is a plant selfish? You just are what you are. And basically that includes and embodies everything around you. And if you see it that way, you start becoming like a cell in your body. I saw a thread on Making Sense where they said like, yeah, we have come to grow uh, as super organism where, you know, we start working with each other through empathy and such. And that's how we managed to elevate. But it goes further than that. Even if you just look at a simple mammal or a simple animal, or even an ant, they consist of millions, if not billions of cells that bring about the individual that work already together. So you're already the expression of a collective. So how, how do you think, like, if all these billions of neurons, all these cells bring about your awareness, if you look at it from each cell point of view, bring about what you are, how do you think that you are not connected to the bigger social organism we are if our ability to think and our ability to reflect has been thought by other organisms, like by other individuals within our consciousness, within our experience, to put it that way? 
So I just find it fascinating how we use double standards. Like when it comes about the cells, we don't even think about it, that we're basically the product of billions of neurons and all these cells communicating. We don't question that. We just take it for granted, like, yeah, this is me, this is me. No, you're a construct of trillion different cells, and yet you identify as one. And that's the thing, like, we have these derailed concepts that we use that make us more flawed in our behavior and, in, in, and create duality because our intellectual understanding of the self is not in line with the actual reality of the self. And that's why I think it's so important to understand selflessness. Because if you understand that, then everything you do that is selfish just starts making no fucking sense. This, what I'm saying here, has been said for thousands of years in religion, in esoteric beliefs, but whatever. But the thing is, like, that selflessness was not really directed to a strong view about what they are. Because a monk could just sit on a mountain for the rest of his life just like a rock, because he's selfless and he's part of everything or whatever. That's because of a lack of understanding of what you're designed to do. If you combine selflessness with making sense, you become a biological machine. And all your issues just suddenly vanish. You know, I talked to Tanya, by the way. I talked to Tanya and I said, like, you know, imagine selflessness, meditate on it. You know what she told me yesterday? She said, like, I'm so confused because I feel so empty. Everything I do is selfish. Everything. Everything I do in my life is selfish. And I said, like, well, like, that's good to realize. It's a good realization because that's when you start understanding, like, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you start adopting a more selfless awareness, which really highly increases your clarity, brings you about into a choiceless awareness, allows you to stay in the moment, gets rid of so much noise, because you're more in line with what you are. It's like you guys are mashing your head all the time, continuously against the wall, because you have the idea of the self. And the moment you understand that the self is the true self is selfless, you stop doing that. Your awareness expands and it can have a paradigm shift like crazy. I want to explain you guys something that was mind-boggling to Reese, and I'm going to explain it now because it will help you guys. This is just a theory, but I think it's quite likely. Basically, the way the brain works is you have all these primitive emotions, and they come from the primitive, like whether it's a feeling for safety or a feeling of warmth or a feeling of survival or whatever, and then they're being channeled intellectually from more advanced parts of the brain, right? That's basically how it works. It just connects, connects with more advanced concepts. And that's how thoughts work and whatever. Like they're connected with emotions. But the thing is, it also applies to ego. And let me tell you guys, because when we talk about ego, we talk a lot about it. But I will really define ego very clearly. Basically, having an active ego is if when your primitive part of your brain feels threatened and as a result creates a wall. But for a lot of people, that wall, it's an emotion and can be connected to identity. If that is the case, you can have people with a strong identity that feed their active ego all the time and keep it up and are very close-minded. Then on the other hand, you have people that don't have a strong identity, but when their ego gets activated, they're just pushing back. So you have basically different situations. You also have people with a strong identity, but with a not-so-active ego. So you have these two concepts. You have the more intellectual part, like the concept of identity, and then you have the more primitive part of having an active ego, and you have that synergy. And while I'm saying here this, like, I've never read about this, but it's just, you know, it makes a lot of sense when I think about it, and that's why there's a lot of confusion when it comes down to identity and active ego and all these things. But if you understand how it works, then you can very easily understand, like, okay, having an active ego 
if that is connected with my identity, of course, it can much easier create a spiral and keep the ego active. While if I disconnect the two, or if I just realize the identity is flawed, you can basically create a situation where you still experience sometimes an active ego, but you don't conceptualize it. Just as much as if you experience a certain emotion of anxiety or whatever, you don't label it with a certain thought that is flawed. Because that's what creates a spiral. Your identity can cause your ego to spiral and strengthen. Both can strengthen each other. And if you're aware of this mechanism, you can really like disconnect, see yourself for what you are, become more selfless. And even sometimes you might experience an active ego or whatever, you can just let it go. You can just let it slide because you're more aware of what's causing it. Just being mindful about it. But of course, you know, these insights take time to absorb. So I also wanted to say that. Another thing I really wanted to talk about is that people don't realize that their subconsciousness is what's in control and that most of the thoughts, and when I talk about these things, that it's an intellectual concept. It's something, you know, it's just information. And the only way for you to be able to fully absorb it, the only way for you to completely click with it is if you're on an emotional level can resonate with it. And to the extent for a big part, it's about listening and really re-listening and really wanting to understand it. Like the selflessness, for example, Nolan has been working a lot on it. It's clicking more and more. I have also seen a guy in the chat saying like, whoa, when I understand the selfless concept, I just can work all the time and I don't feel dissonance. But that's the thing. You don't experience any dissonance anymore because you understand that the self is a flawed concept and everything gets channeled through the selfless core you rather than through that selfish limited you. And as a result, if you can connect that to your more subconscious part, you can become a much more consistent person. But even though you hear the information I'm explaining it, for you to actually vibe with it requires time. You have to think about it. You have to reflect on it. You have to really understand the concept when I say it literally. Nothing is external. Understand that everything takes place in your experience. If it wasn't for your parents and for the parents of your parents and the parents of the parents of your parents, you wouldn't even be able to speak. You wouldn't even be able to think. All these ideas, all these things are just part of a collective, a collective organism. We are all interconnected. And that is also something that I realized. That's why when I talk to people and when I speak to people, their awareness gets elevated because we merge in a sense when there is no ego in between. Because your neurons are connected with other people's neurons through mirror neurons and all that shit. You can literally, through truly listening, you can become the other person for a certain part and your intelligence can get elevated like crazy. That's why I do think that truly listening to what I say and talk about can highly increase your ability to grow as a person. And when I say grow as a person, it's quite selfish. It's more like grow as human mankind. It's about the selflessness. It's not even about growing as a person. It's about growing as an organism. That's what it's about. And we have gone way deep in the rabbit hole with individualism, dysfunctional beliefs about identity that is stimulated from when we're really young. And a lot of you guys are in denial and have an inability to fully process what I'm saying. It's like the guy that is religious or the guy that believes in Superman. You guys, in a sense, have psychosis. He might say, like, no, I'm, I'm a reasonable... No. If you believe in identity, if you believe in all your story and all that shit, that's not what you are. You're much more than that. That's also something I wanted to say about selfless awareness. Selfless awareness brings about true intentions, brings about the ability to trust yourself and treat people based on their potential. It makes you a lot more attractive as well. It allows you to start truly listening to people and it gives you a lot of control. But making sense doesn't always make sense from a selfish point of view. Because you can say, like, why would I want to make sense and change the world if I only care about myself, right? But that's the problem. You have to understand that you are truly selfless. If you understand that what your true self is is selfless, then making sense makes a lot more sense. 
making sense, your core value makes a lot more sense. So selflessness and making sense are two sides of the same coin. They go hand in hand. So you've got to get rid of the idea of selfishness and understand what, that the true selfishness is selfless. And at the same time, what you do then is you apply making sense as a way of giving that selflessness a direction. So you're not just a, a rock on the ground. So these two concepts are very powerful. That's why I'm talking about it. And I would love to hear you guys' feedback. So making sense didn't make a lot of sense for a lot of people from a selfish angle. But the selfish angle is what causes you to not want to make sense because you're approaching it from a dysfunctional, like warped belief of what you are. But if you understand what you really are, you become selfless and then making sense is just strengthens your action like crazy. So I wanted to say also that selflessness and making sense goes hand in hand. And that's why right action can help you so much more to make sense because right action is more selfless. Dick Stream on Twitch says, Athene, do you actually realize that by wanting to be selfless or claiming to be so means that you have erased any sense of belongingness, which is theoretically and practically impossible for any human being? I mean, just look at your relationship with Tanya. Can you claim that it's selfless? By the way, if you want to experience what other great minds conceptualize about selflessness, check Carl Gustav Jung's The Red Book. It goes beyond beyonds. You don't understand the concept of selflessness. Selflessness does not mean that the way you look at it is you look at selflessness from a selfish point of view and you say selfless is without the selfish. That's how you look at it. And you go like, yeah, you can't be selfless because you can't have an expression without the selfishness. No, what I'm saying is the selfishness, the true state of selfishness is selfless. You are what you are, including your environment. So if you like are in a situation where you are surviving or if you're in a situation where you're talking or helping or whatever, everything that takes place in your experience is part of what you are. That includes you. That includes your environment. It's one and the same thing. There is no duality. So selflessness does not mean without the self. Selflessness is just the state of the self. And I also think what is very important is to understand that when you talk about these concepts and you look at it, you have to be really detached from your own worldview and paradigm. Because if a lot of your questions and a lot of your criticism is channeled through an idea of, of attachment to certain thoughts or whatever, you will just get extremely triggered by me addressing every question really sharply. So it's really important to meditate on that. Because if you fall into that cycle, you won't be able to fully absorb the information I'm giving you. Legend says, I think when do you know when you're truly selfless? One might think they are, are really being selfless, but are truly for doing it for validation purposes. Selfless is just an awareness. How do you truly know you're selfless? Is when you do stuff, you do it because it just comes from a core, from your essence of wanting to make sense in a pure way, not attached to concepts of self or whatever. Saber says, Athena, are you saying that when you are selfless, you are in line with reality and always making sense? No. When you're selfless, you're just in line with what you are. Making sense is using your rational parts of the brain in order to direct the selfless. So without direction, you can be selfless and you're just a monk on, on, on the fucking mountain. With making sense, you become a biological machine. What I'm talking here is about evolution, psychological evolution on steroids. You basically combine the scientific insight of what you are together with the insight of what you are and what you came from to also give direction and purpose to the insight of what you actually are. And that just causes explosion in growth, not just personal, but just collective growth. And that's why I have such an urge 
spreading this and talking to you guys and I've had an urge for this for the past 15 years but I'm getting better and better at explaining it and when you are selfish your beliefs are dysfunctional because it doesn't improve the collective no when you're selfish where it comes from it depends what kind of selfishness you're talking about if you're talking about the selfish kind of part where it's channeled through the idea of identity then definitely you're completely dysfunctional but if you're just in a way selfish because you're eating I wouldn't say eating is selfish I would say eating is selfless and you might say like yeah but you're doing it for yourself it's because you're connecting it with the idea of identity and I'm just saying here that the self the true is selfless so that means like there is no self there is just what you are the expression and that includes you eating that includes you reproducing that includes interacting with other people you just are you become in the present you start living in the present you start being more you know compatible to just take action and you much more easily experience clarity and unity because you don't experience that duality between your intellectual concept of what you are and your environment and all these things making sense applies to the theory of evolution because humans have thrived because of the complex way in which we help each other out am i correct Making sense does not just apply to the theory of evolution. Making sense is basically aligning your beliefs with reality, which means understanding the mathematical patterns that bring about reality and that bring about your consciousness. And as a result, when you align them, you just become much more compatible with reality. And that's what nature has done. That's what evolution has done. Evolution is merely life becoming more and more compatible with reality. And that's it. And we can just do that in a much more optimal way. And we're basically doing it automatically. Whether you argue or you dislike it or like it, we're doing it automatically. Just look at all technology. Look at our ability to speak, type. Everything is an expression of it. So it's not even about arguing about this. This is just what it is. And when people come and they go like, wait, this and that. You just don't have the ability to just take distance and look at it for what it is. You just are very narrow-minded looking at it from a very small perspective. Millside says, how do you deal with the fact that when your consciousness dies, basically everything ceases to exist? Uh, Millside, when you look at it from that point of view, it's because you're looking at it from the idea of a flawed concept of the self. And what I mean with that is, when you think like you dying, there is no such a thing as you. That's the problem. When you say like, what do you do when you die? What is you? Is it your story? Like, let's say you get cloned or whatever. Did you just die? Let's say they clone you and say you're the clone. Did you just come to existence what about your entire narrative what about all your story is that you what are you when you start looking at what you are from a very scientific point of view you might as well say you're dying every single moment because every single moment you're a different entity so what is you in what about you dying there is no such a thing as you and the moment you realize that you go like wait a minute all these fears about death and all that shit just makes no sense So you identify with a flawed idea of what you are, and as a result, you label yourself as a constant, but you're ever-changing. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.